Our 35th district conversations continue on here this morning. I've got Dan Griffey on the line. How you doing, Dan? I'm well. How are you, Jeff? I am doing okay. Thank you. I am seeing that the House Democrats have released their supplemental budget proposal. Uh, there is on these even numbered years uh, opportunities to check on the short sessions uh, to check in how the budget is going. What was in there uh, that you're concerned about? And I'm also reading that the Senate side, their uh, Republican leader is encouraged on their side of the budget proposal. So let's try to get these two together so we have a great supplemental budget. Well, I mean, th that's where we're at, right? Um, there's always two different philosophies. Um, with the $3 billion being spent uh, in a supp supplemental budget, I always find that um, problematic, uh, especially since we didn't address the... Um, the tragic underfunding of um, our some of our K-12 uh, issues that we have or uh, funding levels with uh, special education. Um, most of the schools in uh, Mason County um, are under-resourced schools. And um, even though there, there is kind of a balanced funding level, um, the, the balance, the ability to raise local monies, there's no balance there. And um, we think that there was a major missed opportunity to fully fund the um, special needs uh, K-12 education. Um, uh, we think it, it is important when you have $3 billion in a supplemental budget, that you just don't spend it all in one place, that you use the, the supplemental budget to um, correct the direction um, to fulfill the mission set that the state has instead of starting a bunch of new um, or, or funding a bunch of new. Um, we uh, were able to, in the 35th, get a couple of good ideas. I got a $50,000 um, uh, budget proviso that was adopted on uh, uh, educating people on uh, the uh, fentanyl use um, in our uh, libraries. Uh, I think that's important. I've talked to you about it many times. I um, I think uh, the more we all talk about fentanyl and the dangers of fentanyl, I think our kiddos are better protected. So um, again, once again, I'm going to say, talk to your kids about not sharing pills. Sharing pills is bad and it could kill. Um, and I don't want you to lose a loved one. Um, we're also trying to get a study for um, uh, our volunteer firefighters on um, their current uh, get their cancer occurrences. Uh, they don't have a cancer protection plan. What can um, what can we do to help them with that? Uh, so we're looking uh, at that. Um, we're still digesting it. We it was just released to us yesterday. Um, we're definitely not in the room through all of uh, the writing of the budget. Um, but again, it is a supplemental budget. Uh, I have some real concerns spending $3 billion in a supplemental budget. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, so yesterday was President's Day and uh, a, lot of, a lot of people had the day off. We went to Target yesterday and I'll be darned if I didn't run into five other families I knew uh, that were there with the kids because the day it's a day off. And gosh, I don't know what we're going to do with these kids today. So let's go to the store, I suppose. 
Um, Target. Let's go to Target. And so we're sitting there talking for half the afternoon. We're, we're bougie, aren't we? Out here? That's it. That's it. You know, no sacks of Fifth Avenue for us. But like <laughs> what I was going to what I want to ask you about is the uh, child care in the state and how we can help families of all uh, socioeconomic levels when it comes to helping in those types of scenarios is there anything in the supplemental uh, or anything in the future that you thought to do any work on for that well yeah i mean there is a lot more money um for um supplementing um child care costs the problem is it it once again uh the majority party did nothing to address the supply concern so um, several years ago, the state of Washington changed its posture about how it funds and refunds for uh, child care, um, putting um, early childhood learning as the number one um, uh, uh, de service delivery that our child care centers must deliver. Um, but when we talk to our working families now, they say what they want is a suite of options. And I believe we need a suite of options. Um, it takes a lot of time uh, and money uh, to get certified with all of the early education requirements. I believe, and my seatmate, Travis Couture, and I, I guess both believe, um, that we need a system uh, that is scalable, a system that starts out with safe, secure um, facility, a safe, secure, loving and nurturing. Right. So we start out that way. And um, it, I think we need to change our certification processes where we have, you know, the a, a base entry level um, child care um, offering uh, where these providers are now kind of graduating to uh, the full um, suite of services um, by the state just kind of cutting it off and said, no, every center will, shall be an early education center. Uh, we've been too prescriptive. And that that prescription um, has led to a severe shortage. And so we're finding um, in the 35th, we have huge child care deserts um, where there is literally no providers or if there's providers, they're underground providers. And I try to tell the regulators here and the people in the majority party that once the system, the system's gonna figure itself out, people are gonna find ways around it. Either they're gonna leave the workforce, which we're seeing happen uh, at an alarming rate, or they're gonna find workarounds. If the rules the state has adopted, um, we find more people try to do the workarounds or try to do the um, or do the ultimate, and that's drop out of the workforce. Both of them are negative um, for Washingtonians. Uh, uh, we find that the system is too prescriptive. Um, and so we're pushing hard uh, to get a tiered system. Uh, that bill didn't move. But again, we're going to push uh, even harder to say that, that maybe we need to start with safe, secure, loving, and nurturing and have a suite of options. So like, uh, you know, from, from zero to one, kind of just a, a babysitter. And then yeah. from one to two, maybe start injecting colors or shapes. I don't know, you know, yeah. and then two to three. And then as it gets to the pre-K or kindergarten level, they're, they're ramped up, but 
the early the the youngest of the kids that you know they're not going to know colors and stuff like that well i mean there's a lot of neat things we can do for early um, childhood education but it's also growing the service provider's capability so so again it was a it was a rip the bandaid off approach that the state had and said that we've got to get all these kids uh, educated earlier, which I agree. Early education is very important to uh, adolescent development. However, what it ha what happened is most of the small service providers didn't have the ability to keep up with the requirements and they just folded. Um, they folded up shop that they don't provide services any longer. Um, and we know that the underground child care system that's what the agencies like to uh, call it you know that is it, it is getting to be um, a larger amount of the providers that are out there so the citizens are finding a way the parents are finding a way um, around it and so uh, it is time that all legislators uh, ask themselves the question, have we overregulated this industry to the point where it can't function? And I say, yes, we have. Um, and we have got to change the narrative here. And just as you explained, I think it can be that simple. Uh, the naysayers were, will say, well, every child deserves. Yeah, every child deserves. They also need a parent that has the ability to work and go um, uh, bring in income so they can provide for their family. Um, they also deserve to be safe um, and secure. And I think what parents are doing now is engaging in more risky behavior uh, because they're doing everything they possibly can to provide for their families. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a monumental problem in Washington state and we have got to take it very seriously. You mentioned safety and security. So let's move into the final question here. What's going on uh, and how are some things moving through the legislature in regards to uh, public safety, uh, law enforcement officers changing in some of the laws that had uh, been reworked over the last couple of years? Well, I mean, exciting news. The majority has uh, agreed to hear um, the initiative from the people on police pursuit um, okay. that we're going to do a joint uh, hearing on that. I'm hoping that that gets us to a um, a solution to this uh, way quicker. Uh, we could pass this if we pass that bill this year. Um, now it would actually go into effect um, right away instead of having to wait for the voters to vote on it in November. So I think that is a uh, key um, uh, public safety. Uh, possible improvement that we can see um, uh, come to fruition right away. There are, um, you know, uh, I, I'm still really concerned that we're not doing enough uh, for those that survive um, domestic violence and um, crime in general. However, we have a really good shot at passing a Crime Victims Bill of Rights uh, which I am really, really excited about. Um, the premise behind that is if um, if it goes into law, uh, which I think we have a good shot at making it in, it's a Senate bill that we're hearing just now uh, in public safety. Uh, if it makes it into law, it, it guarantees at least the same level of support and protection that the uh, perpetrator of crime gets. And right now in Washington State, we've not been seeing that uh, 
direction. We've seen been seeing more uh, resources available to the people uh, that commit crime. And I think this is a real step in the right direction. Uh, very excited about that bill. Um, very excited about the possibility of doing something right and real now on police pursuit. Um, I think that we have got to, on the public safety side, we have got to um, end the emboldened behavior that I think uh, many have been engaging in because Washington State has changed its policies and laws, uh, I think, way too quickly. And I think um, uh, with a lack of, uh, you know, good foresight judgment emboldened and right is right i saw a photo the other day of uh someone tried to steal the ballot box at the belfair library i don't know if you saw that photo they put a rope around it or something and tried to just pull it right out of the ground i mean it's in the that's, that's right there on highway three in the middle of everybody what want destruction is uh something you get when people i believe um start uh, believing that there won't be somebody to stop them. And um, we want to make sure that that belief um, is uh, short-lived. On that joint hearing of the initiative, is there more opportunity for public input or because it was signed by the the people of Washington, that is the public input? So um, it, anytime we have a committee hearing, there will be another opportunity for public input. Sure. Okay. Well, we'll keep our eyes on that one for sure. Well, Dan Griffey, 35th District Representative, doing the good work in the 35th for the residents there. It's always nice talking with you. And uh, we're starting to get down. It's uh, not many weeks left here in this thing. So we'll see how it all shakes out in the end, huh, Dan? Yep, it's almost over. It's nice talking to you, Jeff. And I look forward to talking to you next week. I will see you soon. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye.